Welcome to Radio Avnet. Welcome to Avnet's Distributing Wisdom podcast, where the brightest minds in the electronic components industry examine the many ways that distribution drives innovation. Our industry has evolved and grown significantly, so we're bringing together leaders who can share their wisdom as we tackle today's unique challenges and examine how our past is driving our future. On this season of Distributing Wisdom, we'll be bringing together experts from across the electronic components industry, including Avnet, to discuss how they're currently tackling the challenges we face today. I'm your host, Heather Vanna. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the dynamic between make versus buy strategies and what companies should consider when deciding between the two. Our first guest today is Anatoly Likorainen, Manager and Technology Advisor for Avnet's Embedded Computing Division. Welcome, Anatoly. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your role at Avnet? Yeah, thank, thank you, Heather. So my name is Anatoly. I'm responsible for Avnet Embedded Compute Business here in Americas, really helping customers and Avnet technical and salespeople to identify the right type of embedded compute products for various different uh, original manufacturing companies who are who are using embedded compute as part of the product. So really the subject matter expert of embedded computing and responsible for embedded compute business in Americas. From what I understand, a big part of your role is having conversations with clients about either making or buying a solution. Can you walk me through the process of evaluating that decision? Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of consideration as we think about make versus buy, and, and especially in the implementing the computing as part of your product. Obviously, the first thing the customer need, need to understand is that how experienced they are in designing compute products. So a lot of customers who are building various different products, let's say the tractors, uh, elevators, slot machines, wh whatever they are, coffee machines, they are experts in their field but they're potentially not expert in the computing itself. So it depends. Some customers have more capabilities than the others in-house. In that's just kind of the first consideration, how much capabilities customer have. The other very major consideration is how fast the customer needs to move. So that's also something to seriously consider because obviously when you are making something yourself, it typically takes much longer time than buying something that's already off the shelf or at least... Uh, close to off-the-shelf type of solution. Then there's also considerations about the scalability, also consideration, okay, what is the culture, how much control the customer wants to have, supply chain, support, vendor management. So it's really a, it's really a kind of a trade-off for a lot of things, and, and, and those are probably the major considerations. How have you seen that decision-making process play out? What advice would you give? A lot of the companies who, uh, again, kind of are going back to that some companies have more of those capabilities than the others, those companies specifically who have more capabilities to make products, they're typically very engineer-led. And typically the engineers are making those decisions. And in that culture, it's much more easier, quote unquote, for the customer to make a decision to do that make decision instead of buy decision because they feel confident, they have resources, those people are making those decisions who are actually going to be making those products. On the flip side, there's a lot of customers who basically have close to zero 
resources or the decisions are made on much higher level, let's say product management level or even CTO level. And in those cases, the whole thing kind of flips on, on the other side, like how can we focus on the core technologies? How can we bring our products faster to the market? We don't have to do everything ourselves. We can focus on something that's, that's really important for us and buy some of these technologies instead of trying to figure out everything ourselves. So it really depends what is the culture. And then there's a bunch of companies, obviously, in between those two extremes. Wonderful. Can you summarize all the options that you have when you're considering make versus buy? What are the benefits and considerations with taking the make approach? Yeah, obviously the, the control is the big thing there. Like if you make everything yourselves, you have full control of that. So you know exactly what you're doing. You, you have full control of your design. You have full control of your whatever software development you're going to do. So if the control is the main concern and, and, and you really must have control of every single thing, if, if, if you're quote unquote control freak, the make, make is really the, the, the way to go because that's the only way you can control every single piece of, of the IP of your product. The, the potential drawback of that is that really you don't have leverage. You don't have leverage as, as a singular company building a computing platform, whether it's a hardware or software, you can build very, very dedicated platform for yourself, but you don't have leverage with the technology providers because at the end of the day, very few of us are apples who can go and design their own chips. So in, in the reality, then you, then you lose all the leverage with, with the technology providers and that might lead to, to various different uh, issues with the lead times, with the cost structure, with the, with the technical support and so on and so forth. Another thing is really the kind of the scalability piece and, and, and what is the, what would be the effort if eventually you would need to do an update or redesign. And if you do want to build that scalability inside of that platform, you need to do that by design. You need to understand that when you do that first design. And a lot of times what I see happens is that when companies design something in-house, they design very focused on a certain certain time, certain application, certain thing. And that's great, but then you have to redesign it every single time you need to update. And that takes takes time and money out of it. And time to market, that's kind of a flows right right into that. It, it could be slower and it could affect your competitiveness in the market. But the market goes fast. If you miss six months, a year, of getting your new product to the market that that could make it or break it so sometimes or or at least you're losing the revenue that you could be doing during that time so you really have need to have some specific corner of of the technology that you really want to address in your product and, and then then it really makes sense to do it yourself like can i really bring more value competitiveness into my product by doing this myself and if the answer is definitively yes, then, then make, making is the right choice. Okay, now let's take a look at the other side. What are the pros and cons to buying a total system solution? If, if, you buy, if you're buying, the obvious, obvious benefits, again, is, is time and resources. So you're going to be spending less time and, and, and resources. So you don't have to design that. You just go, go ahead and buy it. The potential issues with buying the full full off-the-shelf quote-unquote system off-the-shelf platform is that it might limit you too much so it might be too generic 
So you still might want to bring something to your product that's that that's going to differentiate you also from the computing perspective. And, and you might find the full blown off the shell complete solutions be be too limited to that. You you might have problems with the form factor. It doesn't fit your 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 actual product physically, or it doesn't have the connectivity that you want. So there might be too many compromises that you need to make if you buy something completely off the shelf. It's like using this very generic solution to uh, address a very specific problem. And that might also not be the best, best option in, in all, all cases. Obviously, there is a gray area here. So what strategies are you using with customers that want some control but don't want to create it from scratch? That's really where, where the, in the last, let's say, uh, decade or two, there's, there's been a lot of development in this space really to address this specific dilemma. Like you don't want to develop the core technology, but you still want to develop something in-house to, to deliver some of the value add that that's, is specific to your product. And, and that's really where the, the, the so-called system on modules comes into play in the computing space. And obviously also the different uh, OS platforms from the software space, but focusing on the, on the hardware and the computing space, really the system on modules, computing on modules are really the ones that are becoming more and more popular over the year in, to address this particular problem. So basically what system on module and computer module is, is this, that's, the, that's the small board that has all that core technology on it so that it, it has the cpu on it it has the memory on it it has the it has the predefined ios coming out of that that small bore but it does not define the complete form factor of your platform it does not define what are the ios and what are the connectivity you're actually going to bring out of it it allows you to add a bunch of things around it on your platform that's that's without kind of a limiting your so it, it, it's kind of this very good middle ground where you still want to keep some of that control. You still want to bring some of the additional value on your product. You still want to add some functionalities on the hardware that typically are not found on the off-the-shelf platforms, but you don't want to develop that core technology. Somebody's already done that. Somebody's already validated that. You could just go ahead and use that. Typically, what that means is that you will, by using a system on module, you'll probably save six to 12 months of development time. And we see acceleration in this usage of this type of technology, especially in the last five years or so, because again, companies want to focus on their core technologies, not, not the computing core technologies. The companies have less and less resources. The, the, the competitiveness in the market is is bigger and bigger. So you need to bring your products faster and faster. So this is definitely something that's, that's becoming a hugely popular way to, to build. Our next guest on today's episode is Brian Higgins, partner and principal advisor at KPMG, who will provide us with some additional insight into the dynamics of make versus buy strategies in the context of the larger global market. Hello, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Can you please introduce yourself and tell me a bit more about what you do? Yeah, happy to. So thanks for having me. Brian Higgins. I'm a partner at KPMG. I'm based in Chicago and I'm within our uh, consulting organization. 
And KPMG is a pretty complex animal, but we have tax audit and advisory services embedded. And then within advisory, that's where consulting sits. And on a national basis, I'm responsible for what we call customer and operations. And that has everything to do with the capabilities and the solutions for front office transformation, which is sales, marketing, customer experience, service related things, as well as middle office functions, you know, including supply chain and operations. So that's what we glue together and that's what I'm accountable for. Thank you, Brian. So can you talk a bit about the conversations that you're currently having around make versus buy and how the stakes have increased around those conversations as of late? So regardless of where you sit in the overall value chain, and we deal across across the value chain, as you would imagine. So whether you're an OEM or a contract manufacturer or a tier two supplier, you know, companies have really, really ratcheted up how they're challenging what they choose to outsource and what they choose to insource. And that that phenomenon has always been out there. Right. But as I said, it's sort of been ratcheted up and. You know, one of the reasons is, you know, that that make versus buy choice, it's actually choices more appropriately. You're making that make versus buy a set of choices throughout your business operations. And it accumulates to drive a significant cost and a significant complexity. So getting it right, I would say the new recognition is it's accumulating to so much that getting it right is a huge lever in how you reshape your business, especially given the economic environment that we're in right now. Things that might have made sense three, four, five years ago often, you know, set a course and uh, people believe they continue to make sense when in reality that's that's not the case. So, Yeah, it definitely sounds like there's need for additional agility and flexibility in this space. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the, the basic elements of a make versus buy analysis, you know, remain. And again, that's sort of what I described is you have to take a look at the internal cost and performance versus the external cost and performance. Everybody gets that. Everybody understands that theoretically that's the way that you have to approach it. But the the thing that I was alluding to earlier is with there's so much instability in supply chain that the game has changed. And now you need to consider the cost, of course, you have to consider the performance dimension, of course, but it's that risk management dimension that has much more focus and a much sharper edge today than it ever had. So that that's sort of the game changer, at least at a high level. And, you know, the decisions that we're working with our clients on around make versus buy, they're now interwoven, you know, supply chain and enterprise risk management. They're not two separate endeavors, you know, nor I, I would argue that they never really should have been, but the reality is a lot of these make versus buy decisions were compartmentalized and not considering the the full gambit of, hey, I'm looking at cost, I'm looking at performance, and I'm looking at risk management. But it's really that last one, the risk management, that's gotten a lot more difficult to get your head wrapped around. Yes, definitely. And so how would you say that new emphasis on risk management has manifested within the companies that you work with? What are they coming to you with a focus on? The, the one thing that we're seeing loud and clear is the emphasis. The whole notion of make versus buy is not new, but the criticality and the importance on getting it right is obviously tremendous. And, and there is a, there's a recognition that says, yeah, you know what? Some products and components were always going to be needed to make for IP or for capability protection, but the, the lowest cost generally wins for everything else. 
So the phenomenon or one of the phenomenons that I see is even today, companies are, are still rarely forced to compare that internal cost and performance to external options. Now, it is changing. And one of the things that I do see out there is the supply chain function is really serving to provide more of this tension, as they should. Done right, a highly performing supply chain organization should introduce tension between procurement and manufacturing to say, hey, there's some alternatives out there that we need to look at. And one of the things I get frustrated at when I see all the time is that for many manufacturers, the default strategy is still anchored on a, hey, I'm going to make first. That's going to be my primary decisions. I'm going to make it and I'm going to make the easy stuff. Right. And that that make first and make easy kind of approach on one level, it makes sense because I'm focused on solving for optimizing my own assets and my own utilization. But companies would have a completely different footprint and cost profile if they solve for total cost versus asset optimization. And that principle alone, if you keep poking and prodding on that, I think can have some really, really significant value. So, Brian, just to summarize a bit, what are some of the big areas of opportunity that companies should consider when it comes to making these decisions around make versus buy? There are sort of some common best practices or common opportunities to get this more right, because it's a difficult thing. You know, one of them is is this notion of landing on the right measuring stick. So it's really important to get the right measuring stick when you're evaluating cost and performance. And the total cost of ownership approach, you know, is obviously really, really important to understand, hey, I've got to get more texture than just a per unit cost basis as my comparator point. I got to consider the business strategy. I got to consider my own capabilities and performance. I got to understand all those different economics. They need to be clear. And I have to have a measuring stick that provides the data and the evidence that suggests that I do have a handle. Because if you have the wrong measuring stick, you're going to make the wrong decisions. And there's a couple of other really important ones in terms of this areas of, hey, where do I need to think about in my business for where, where might the opportunities lie? We see a ton of companies that don't articulate their manufacturing strategy crisp enough. And this is really important because otherwise you'll just sort of glide on some assumptions that might have been sense years ago. But this is the idea of ensuring that your manufacturing strategy has a clearly defined purpose. It has mission and intent against capabilities and facilities. And it has to include a view of, of how you intend to use outsourced manufacturing partners. So as an example, you know, if I am going to be partnering with somebody to help me in my overall value chain to make a certain piece part component, I've got to understand what I'm using that outsourced manufacturing partner for. Or they are predominantly an overflow partner where, hey, I, you know, I just need help for additional capacity because that's where I am in my overall life cycle for this particular program or component. Is it a complexity partner, which I'm making a strategic direction to say, I want to do the simple stuff. I'm going to outsource some of the complex stuff. Is it a geography anchor or is it a capability and a technology anchor? And that's what I mean by having a manufacturing or uh, strategy that you can articulate that clearly defines purpose, mission, and intent, because without that, you're sort of rudderless. I want to thank Anatoly and Brian again for taking the time to discuss the important dynamics around make versus buy strategies. 
To learn more about distributing wisdom and read more about this topic, please visit abnet.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.